This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Let's open up with prayer this morning. I've got an awesome word for you today, and it's going to help you if you listen, and if you be doers of it, amen. But let's pray first. Father, we come before you this morning in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your word that gives us the victory every single time. So, Father, we just declare today that we have listening ears, that our hearts and our minds are open to you. Father, we purpose in our hearts that we're going to be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving our own selves. And Satan, you'll not steal the word that's sown in our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you were not in Wednesday night service, I, um, it's my understanding that on Monday the, the sermons get put on the podcast. You need to listen to my sermon Wednesday night because I taught on Psalms 91. So you need to listen to that. Um, just a couple of things I'll shoot out here. This isn't even in my message today. But in Psalms 90, when it talks about a noisome pestilence. So noisome pestilence to me means loud bugs. It doesn't mean that at all. It has nothing to do with that. Noisome means noxious disease. Pestilence means contagious disease. We're redeemed and kept safe from noxious, noxious, poisonous, contagious diseases. In Psalms 91, it also says that no sickness or disease shall come nigh my, 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 nigh my dwelling. The last verse, verse 16, says, With long life will he satisfy us and show us his salvation. But it's conditional. You've got to read Psalms 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you don't choose to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, none of these promises pertain to you. So it's a choice on our part, right? So amen, 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 amen. Okay, so I want to get to the message today. My message is called, Will You Get There? Will you get there? Will you get there? Are you going to get where you're supposed to be in life? Will you get there? Are you going to, are you going to, you know, freak out and not get there at all? Do we have handouts for this? If you need a handout, raise your hand. I see some hands over here. I forgot to say that. So if you need a handout today, raise your hand. Okay, so I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 8 today, and I'm in the New King James. No, I'm not. I'm in the King James, right? What did I tell you all? I said New King James. Okay, we're in the New King James. Okay, good deal. Okay, so you don't have to uh, uh, read along with me at this point in Matthew chapter 8. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Okay, so in verse number 1, Jesus uh, comes down from a mountain and great multitudes have followed him. This is kind of the life in the day of Jesus, okay? So he comes down from a mountain and great multitudes are following him. That means a whole lot of folks are following him around. In verse 2, one of these people comes up and he heals a leper. And we could go into how bad leprosy was back in the day and blah, 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 but that's not the point today. Verse 2, he heals a leper. Verse 4 he travels and goes to Capernaum, and the centurion servant, or the centurion meets him there and says, "My servant lies lies sick, you know, da 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 da." And Jesus says, "Well, I will go there and heal him." And the servant says, "No, don't come. Just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed." That's how great his faith was. He knew that if Jesus just spoke it out of his mouth, no matter where Jesus was, even if he wasn't with the person, that that his servant was going to be healed. So he does that. In verse 14, he goes to Peter's house because Peter's mother-in-law lies sick of a fever. 
So what does he do? Leave her there? No. He lays hands on her, whatever. She's healed in Jesus' name. So she gets up and she starts serving him. Keeping in mind this is all part of a day's work, right? Or ministry. So verse 16 comes along and evening comes along and there's still a multitude of people there. And so the word tells us that he healed all the people there that were sick. All meaning all. He healed all the people. That's what he did. That's what his day was like that day. So, Jesus lived in a physical body, right? He came as a man to earth. He lived in a physical body. So, do you think that he might be tired and worn out at that point? Very tired, very worn out. Would you be? Yes, you would be. Amen. So, let's look at verse 18. You can look at the, you can look at your Bibles now. Verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to part, to depart to the other side. Jesus needed a break, right? He needed to refresh. How am I going to get away from these thousands of people that are around about me? I need a break. I need to refresh. I'm no good. You're no good if you're tired and worn out, correct? Okay. So, the only thing that he sees to do is to get into this ship and go to the other side of this lake. Not all these thousands of people are going to swim after him. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So, so Jesus gives a command. He did not give a suggestion, hey, guys, it would be great if you could gather this, this ship here and we could get in it and we could go to the other side. It wasn't a suggestion. He commanded, guys, we're going to the other side. So that's the picture. You got the picture. Let's look at verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. So there were 12 of them and Jesus and then whoever was, uh, you know, piloting the ship. Verse 24. And there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves and he was asleep. So what arose in the middle of his voyage? A tempest. What's a tempest? A tempest is a storm. So here he is. He has a destination in mind. Where is he going? He's going to the other side, right? What happens in the middle of him going to the other side? A storm arises. An obstacle gets stepped, steps in his way, is put in his way to try to hinder him from going to the other side, right? Okay, so is there anything that Jesus has ever told you or commanded you to do? Anybody? Be it large, be it small. Has Jesus ever told Let me see your hands if Jesus ever told you diddly squat to do anything. Amen. Okay. It may be as small as, gee, I really want you to work in the nursery. You know, it could be that. That's something that Jesus would put in your heart and tell you to do. I need you to work with the babies. Or I need you to go to children's church. I need you to do this. I need you to go overseas. I need you to whatever it is. Jesus tells us stuff to do all the time, whether it be large or whether it be small. The thing of it is, When Jesus tells us, commands us something to do, 
I can promise you that a storm's going to come up in the middle of it all. Something's going to come in your way to stop you, try to stop you from fulfilling that thing that the Lord has asked you to do. The thing of it is, the devil also heard. And so he's the one that's going to try to hinder you from completing the journey, be it long or being short. You know, we can go on different kinds of journeys. We have a life journey. And then we have journeys that are kind of kind of uh, cut up into little spaces, you know what I'm saying? Little little short things that he tells us to do. Or we have a lifelong journey. So has a storm ever arisen during your voyage? Can you think of something that came up and just whammo, put you on hold, knocked you out, whether tried to get you to quit, whether it be um, something, I, I lost my train of thought because somebody was walking around and I lost my train of thought. We're not supposed to look at people when we walk around just telling you. <laughs> Why? Because it distracts you. I just got distracted in the middle of my, my voyage here to minister this message to you. What a great example. I just got distracted. Anyway, okay. So what is the purpose? I'll just go on. What is the purpose of the storm or storms to get you distracted? I just got distracted. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful illustration that I hadn't planned. It's to get you to cause your focus to get off of what the Lord told you to do and onto a maybe a problem. The devil is trying to divert you from your path. Amen. The devil is trying to stop you from completing the task that the Lord has clearly told you to do. The devil is trying to get you to quit. I also mentioned that, you know. If he can get you to quit, he's won. How many pastors a day, uh, is it a week or a month or a day or a month or a week or something that quit? It's like 1,500 or something horrible. Quit. I ain't quitting. (laughs) I got news for you folks. I'm here for the duration. Yes. The devil wants you to take your eyes off of what you were commanded to do. Right? To get your eyes on the problem. He'll use anything. He'll use your family. He'll use your spouse. He'll use your money. He'll use your, he'll use sickness. Anything that he can do to distract you. Maybe the pleasures of this world, you know, get you off backsliding or something. Oh, he wants you to get your eyes on the problem. He wants to steal the word that was sown in your life with an instruction from the Lord. The Lord instructed us to do something. But Satan wants to steal that. Because if the Lord tells us something to do, be it large or be it small, it's important to the Lord. Right? It's important that we as his children obey what he's told us to do and complete it and do it. Um, I've got news for you. God is not schizophrenic. You know, I've had so many people say, oh, the Lord sent sent me here. I'm here. This is my home church. And. La, 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 and they're happy and yelling and screaming and being joyful and la, la, la. And then after about a year, they come to me and say, well, you know, the Lord is leading me to another church. You know, and I think, I just smile at them and say, well, be blessed and on your way. And I think to myself, you're lying. God's not a nut. You know what I mean? He either called you here or he didn't. I mean, come on. Can you put on a happy face in spite of it all? I know you're a nut. No. <laughs> That always gets me. Some some people pray for a job, you know. 
They come up to the altar, man, I've got to have a job, you know. So, okay, you be specific. What do you want in your job, you know? How much do you want them, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Be specific when you're praying, you know. So, uh, you know, we agree with them. They get this awesome job. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, uh, they've decided that the Lord wasn't in that job. Why? Because a little maybe persecution arose. Maybe a little idiot on the job. You know, there's never nice people on jobs a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? Did God really say? Did God really say, Hi, Desert Word Center is your church? Did God really say that he really gave you that job? Did God really say? So that Satan comes in. See, he's got the same old tricks. You know, I mean, nothing's new with him. You just got to realize when he comes floating around, sometimes he puts a different bow on it, but it's the same thing, you know. Anyway, when you know, like this job thing. In all reality, you need to learn to take authority over your workplace. When you walk on the job, guess who walks in? Jesus. Does Jesus live big in you or not? So when you walk in, it doesn't matter what old loudmouth co-worker over here has to say, or maybe an, uh, uh, a boss that has little man syndrome that wants to yell and scream at you and, you know, make you to look like the idiot when in reality you are the epitome of Jesus walking into the room. You know what I'm saying? But you need to take, learn how to take authority over your workplace. If God gave you that job, don't you let the devil take that job from you. When you walk in it, you just say, Father, I'm walking to, I'm going into work today. Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. You're not going to cause me any problems. I just speak peace and love of God over this place in the name of Jesus. You know, whatever you have to do. And then you just, you know, just go on with your day and you just be blessed at that job. I want to tell you a story. Uh, recently, um, I talked to somebody who was having difficulty in a job situation and person doesn't live here, lives out of state. And this person was on my heart for like three days strong, you know. i just give you a clue. When you're, when you're about doing your business and all of a sudden somebody's name keeps popping into your head, blah, 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 it's God saying, knocking on your door, I want you to pray for this person. Something's going on with them. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's one of those things that God does for us. And he does, yeah, he puts us on somebody else's heart when we need prayer. But we need to be bright enough to think, oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. You know, sometimes we get so busy with that. Lord has to keep knocking on our door. Uh, so-and-so, uh, so-and-so, uh, so-and-so needs your prayers today. You know, da-da-da-da. So I call this person. I said, man, what is going on with you? Because I don't usually, this isn't a person I usually think about all the time. I said, you've been on my heart for three days solid, and all I just keep getting is your name. And so she told me this. Um. I got. I want to read my notes here. She's a she's a, a very well respected person. She's a very well educated person, and she's been promoted and promoted in her field. She's a really sharp gal. So a problem arose on her job, and with a person, and she tried to resolve it with this person, and she couldn't. She came away really discouraged because she couldn't solve the problem with this other person. So she decided she decided to leave and find another position with another organization so a few days later you know i talked to her on the phone and blah 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 and she had, was having interviews she'd had all kinds of interviews with this other place 
So a few days later, the Holy Ghost just gave this to me. Text her and tell her, if she's still fruitful where she is, don't let the devil run you off. Don't let the devil run you off. See, the devil tried to run you off. Don't let the devil run you off. So she had an interview with this other place. I mean, a couple of interviews, you know how they do nowadays. She was told to come to this place for a whole day. They loved her. She's that good and offered her a job. But she heard from the Lord and didn't, didn't take that job. And I was so proud of her because if she had taken that job, number one, she would have lost $25,000 a year. She would have lost her standing in the, in the, in the uh, world that she's in, would have put her down here, and she would have had to climb her way back up again. But she's a believer. She's a Holy Ghost believer. And so um, she didn't take that new job because she's still being very much fruitful where she's at. So bottom line is the devil tried to run her off through a person in her work. And I know that happens because you guys come up in the prayer line all the time. Man, I'm having trouble with so-and-so at my job. And I try to teach you how to how to take authority over your workplace when you're going in. Amen. And you know what? Don't let the devil run you off of what he's told you to do. Because when you get in that boat with him, that ship with him, you're supposed to go where? To the other side. So when Jesus says you're supposed to go to the other side, what, what does that mean? You're supposed to go to the other side. You're not supposed to get hung up and caught in the middle and quit and turn around and go back, right? I taught this one time in Indiana, and I, w- I really wanted to do this here. But um, we have nice, lovely carpet, and uh, what we wanted to do, we would have had to do it on the platform, and we might have hurt the music equipment, but I had one of our guys back in Indiana um, put on a yellow raincoat, and I sat him in a couple of chairs and put a like a pretend boat there, and I gave him a couple of oars, and I said, I'm preaching this this message, and I want you to row that boat the whole time I'm preaching. He was a young guy in his 20s. He was, you know, physically strong, so he's up there rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing, and I put some some tarps on the bottom, and uh, I had a bucket sitting over there, and uh, he just kept rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing. And I walked over, and I picked up the bucket, and I threw it right, right in his face. Not the bucket, but the water that was in the bucket. And he stopped rowing. Do you remember, were you there that day? He stopped rowing. Were you there that day? You might have been youth or something. He stopped rowing. And he starts wiping his face off. I said, row. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't expecting me to throw a bucket of water in his face. He thought I was going to throw some little paper or something, you know. But he got a full blast. And I really wanted to do that today. But I didn't think that I would be accepted into the beloved <laughs> if I, you know, because you couldn't see him down here, so I'd have to go up there. But look at all that nice, nice equipment. So I thought, well, I'll just tell you about it. Maybe you'll get a picture of it, okay? So you all got the nice picture? So bottom line is quit, don't stop rowing, right? Even if a bucket of water gets thrown in your face. Okay, so another thing I want to tell you is if you do not complete the assignment that the Lord has given you, be it big or big or small, God is not going to give you another assignment, period. 
Not going to happen. He's not going to. He's not. That's just the way it is. Just the way it is. So after about a year, you know, I don't hear from God anymore. I don't know what's the matter. You know, I'm not hearing from God. Five years go by. I don't know what's wrong with me. God doesn't talk to me anymore. He's not telling me anything. Ten years go by. I don't know. Twenty years go by. I don't know what happened to me. And God, he just not. I just don't hear from him anymore. Problems on your end. You didn't do what he told you to do. And he's not going to talk to you again about anything. Until you go back to pastor calls it square one. Boom. Those were the last instructions that he gave you. He expects you to do them and to complete them. It's true. So if you're out there sitting, if you're sitting out there wondering, why didn't God ever talk to me? I don't know. Well, what did God tell you to do last? I mean, really, this is what Christian life is all about. Hallelujah. Okay. So let's look at verse 24. Behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, and blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. And bottom, the bottom of that verse says, and he was asleep. Jesus was asleep. Remember when we already talked about the day that he had? And he was tired, and he needed to sleep. So he's asleep in this. It, the Bible says it's a ship. It doesn't say it's a boat. There's a difference between a boat and a ship. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's in a ship. He's asleep of all the nerve. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's sleeping. Do you think that storms that arose would bother him at all? No. See, when, when, when you're in your little journey and a storm arises, number one, you recognize where it came from, didn't come from God. Came from Satan to get you off course. Right? So the storm that arose didn't bother Jesus one, but he, he's still sleeping. So what distractions might Satan send your way? You know, in Mark chapter 4, we talk about this a lot. Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word, deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, cares, entering in, choking the word. Those are the things that, that, that Satan will use against you. Deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, cares of this world, entering in will choke out the word, will stop you from doing what the Lord's told you to do. So when you're in your journey and this little storm arises, then you can put it in one of these little categories and you'll say, aha, Satan, I'm not falling for this. You know, so get thee behind me, Satan. I am going on with God, whether you like it or not. Amen. Okay, so verse 25. And his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. (laughs) They're a little shook. Was it Jesus' plan to not make it? Is it Jesus' plan for you not to make it? No, never, 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 never. So we not need not be worried either. Verse 26. And Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful, 
Oh, you have little faith. Remember when we just prayed for the nation a little bit ago? And that spirit of fear? Fear cripples people. It causes them to do stupid stuff. Like buy all the toilet paper and buy all the... Well, who, who, it was you that went to uh, Winco the other day and the whole ramen noodle shelf was was empty. I thought to myself, well, ramen noodles will kill you, period. Have you ever read the salt content on the side of that sucker? Good Lord. Gonna <laughs> blow your heart up, you know. I mean, it's terrible. I thought of all the stupid things to buy. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I have bought the regular amount of toilet paper we will need for the week. Haven't purchased any ramen noodles. You'll be happy to know. You know, Katie, I told Katie, I said, I said, get some potatoes, please, on your way to the, you know, when you're at the store. She sent me a picture. There's no potatoes in the store at all. I said, well, you know, Dave, Pastor Dave made some homemade, ma- I mean, uh, some uh, box max- mashed potatoes the other day. Did a good job on those. Get, see if you can get any of those. She, she, she did buy two boxes of those, last two boxes. But we have a hundred people in our house too. You know, slight exaggeration. There's, I forget how many of us. Nine. Okay. Does that count when pastor's home? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so much for that. Praise God. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So Jesus is, is, asks you, why are you afraid? You know? Why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? You know, sometimes when the devil comes at you, you don't recognize it's fear. But, you know, start to recognize it. Start to, you know, say, say oh, this is fear. What's the opposite of faith? Fear. So you, can, you can't be in faith and fear at the same time. You've got to choose one, you know. You're either going to be in faith or you're going to be in fear. So make up your mind where you're going to go. But if you're going to be in faith, you're going to have to do something about it. What's the something you have to do to be in faith? What? Where, where do I find that at? In the Bible. But where in the Bible? Thank you, Romans 10:17. Thank you, ma'am. Romans 10:17. Faith comes by what? And hearing by what? That's how you get faith, right? You hear that every week, don't you? Every service. You got it? Amen. Okay. No shortcuts. So let's look at verse 26. Da 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 da. So he says to them, "Why are you afraid?" Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Are we to be followers of God as dear children? Do you know that we have authority over the weather too in the name of Jesus? That freaks some people out when I say stuff like that. But it's the truth. I remember one time in Indiana there was supposed to be this huge storm. Snowstorm. That was coming through. And we didn't like snowstorms on Sunday. Guess why? People stay home. So we, we, we didn't want that storm to come through. So we took authority over it. And we said, well, first of all, we sent the angels up there. Ministering angels, go up there and make sure that storm doesn't come around Martinsville. Keep our area safe. So I'm sitting at home one day, and I'm and I, it's like that the day, the day of the storm supposed to hit or the next day didn't hit our area. On the weather, you know, they got the news on though. There's the weather. The weatherman says this in front of his weather map, 
snow all over the place, and there's this little clear circle. It says Martinsville, right over Martinsville. The weather guy says this, we don't know why Martinsville didn't get this storm when everybody round about them got that storm. Well, duh. So the believers just laugh and carry on, you know, because we know. Same thing with hurricanes. You can send those angels up there and cause those hurricanes to turn. But we're responsible for our own area, right? So sometimes maybe I think, well, people in some of those areas where the hurricanes are hitting, maybe they don't know that they can rebuke the winds and the waves, and that's why all this stuff's landing on them. I don't know. We need more word churches, right? More bold word churches out there telling people stuff. You can tell a, you can tell a tornado to rise and go around. I'm just telling you. You know. Let's look back at verse 26 again. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. I must do the same thing. I must do the same thing. You must do the same thing. I love God. I love Jesus. You've been told a million times, read the Believer's Authority by that book, by Brother Hagen. I remember when that book changed my life, I don't know how many years ago, back in the late 70s, whatever. I was born again, I was baptized, and the Holy Ghost did not know I had authority. I did not know it. So I just lived like the rest of the Christian world in defeat. Because I didn't know that I could take authority over stuff. And man alive, I tell you what, it just has just set me free. Amen. And we are a family church. And what do we do here? We equip God's people for victorious Christian living. Is it God's will for you to be a loser in life? No. We're to overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Revelations 12:11. We're overcomers. Not only that, but we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. Does that mean that things don't arise in our life? No, it doesn't mean that things don't arise in our life. It means that that things, you know, there's a devil out there. Something arises in our life, be it large or be it small. Think about Pastor and 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 the sickness he had, you know, in 2018. That was a big deal. But... Sidelined him for a little bit. Does this church go on? You better believe this church went on. Did Pastor overcome that? Yes, he did. It's the same thing with you. No matter what the devil throws in your face, you are overcomers. If. Now, I'm going to put a big if on here. Here's your if. If you're sold out to Jesus Christ. If you're a student of his word. You know, I got to thinking this morning about High Desert Word Center. I love the word of God. Obviously, you love the word of God. You're here. But we do live in the last days. 
And I've been preaching the same thing for 15 years ever since I've been here. And some of you have been here for 15 years and still don't have it. Why? Because you're not paying attention. You're not being doers of the word that you're, that you're, that's been brought forth here. You're not putting that healing stuff into your spirit. When I say to you guys, give me a healing scripture, some of you, it's pathetic. You ought to be able to rattle a whole page worth of healing scriptures off to me. And you don't. You say, uh, bias stripes were healed? No, I didn't, I mean, yeah, that's true, but you need to, you need to, you need to put into your memory bank, into your spirit, the Word of God. It needs to be in there and it needs to be strong so that when something like this stupid thing happens, it's happening now, say, hey, no sickness and disease is coming nigh my dwelling. I'm, 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 I'm healed by the blood of Jesus. You know, I'm covered by the blood. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He heals all my sicknesses. He heals all my diseases. Amen. Chapter 8. Or, or, uh, let's look at, oh, I mean, don't look there. Mark 16. Believers lay hands on the sick and they what? Shall recover. You know, you need to be able to spit this stuff out just like I spit it out to you. You need to get this healing word in your heart. What happens if there are no hospitals? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to wander around aimlessly and succumb to it all? Or are you going to have that word in you that rises up big and comes forth? Right? Same thing with your finances. This is ridiculous. There's no reason for the economy to be taking a dive. It's only by the fear that's being thrown out there by the media. Yep. Here, you want a little fear? You you don't want a little fear. I said, you want a little fear? You're agreeing with me? <laughs> Rebuke the fear. <laughs> yeah, the media is throwing out the fear. So what's happening? Everything's closing down. All these people are running to the store and buying the store out. You know what I'm thinking? This is really not good. <laughs> but believers shouldn't be amongst that. Believers should not partake in fear and act and react like the world's doing. No, 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 no. No. Golly, I remember when, who was it, Elijah? Elijah sitting under the tree out there because he got afraid of this Jezebel woman. He thought he was the only believer around, so he goes and he hides out and wherever he went. Where'd he go? I don't know. He ended up at the brook Cherith. Lord told him to go to the brook Cherith and I'll feed you there. Here come the ravens. Those nasty things. I hate those birds. Here come the ravens. Me and just dropping some stuff down. Roadkill. <laughs> Here, have some roadkill. You know what I mean? But God said, God said he'd feed him, right? Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, I want to read this wonderful verse. This is my favorite passage of Scripture in the entire Bible. Hebrews chapter 10.
Donnie. I saw myself talking to you this morning. Whatever the Lord has told you to do, you do it. You complete the journey. You complete it. Maybe within your big life's journey, you have little journeys in between. He wants you to complete it. Storms have risen up. Don't pay any attention to them. Amen. He's given you something to do, man. You do it. Whether it be with your your business, I don't know. But you do it. And don't you quit and don't you give up. And don't you be dismayed and don't you be discouraged. Amen. That's for some of the other people here. Man. Don't be depressed. Don't be dismayed. Don't All the D words. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downtrodden. And got any more D words? <laughs> yeah. Don't go there. You have got to know of a surety that if God shows you something to do, you are to do it. Always. You do it. You don't stop. Pastor Dave, have you ever had been tempted to quit? Yes. Joshua, have you ever been tempted to quit? Yep. Miss Julie? Katie? Well, are you quitting? No. Oh, I know. I'll tell you why we're not quitting because of Hebrews chapter 10. <laughs> Look at verse 35. This is great in the Amplified, but I don't have the Amplified. I got the New King James. Okay, you ready for this? Cast, say this with me, not away. Therefore, we can all read this together. Your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of that after you have done the, you might receive the, for yet a, he that comes will come and he will not tarry. That's Jesus. Now the just shall live by, but if any man draw, my soul has no pleasure in him. Oh my gosh. Last verse. But. You ready to read? We are who draw back unto, but of them who to the saving of the. Now don't you love that? Are we going to be those folks that draw back to perdition and quit? Not me. Say not me. Say I'm going to do. Everything, absolutely everything that the Lord has instructed me to do. I will not be moved by storms, by deceitfulness of riches, by the lust of other things, entering into choke the word. I won't go there. I am victorious. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.